Man, who's encouraged to be a church this morning? It's fun to be a part of uh, God's family, isn't it? It really is. Uh, uh, I don't know what your family was like growing up, but I am glad that God uh, yanked me into his because it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome place to get to share life with and be a part of the greatest story. The greatest story uh, in all of time is what God is doing upon the earth, this great restoration of the planet that we have all been born into, born on, and uh, God is on the move, and he is reclaiming humanity. Do you know that? Do you know that that's the story you're in? He is restoring humanity, and it's and he's not just sitting up on his throne just doing it from a distance. He's actually doing it through men and women like Daniel Locke and like you and like any, wherever you go, he, God is partnering through his redeemed sons and daughters to reclaim the planet for his name. That's the story we're in, y'all. And uh, so I wanna give you guys a special invitation kind of in that vein uh, in just about a month, um, the weekend of February 7th and 8th, uh, World Mandate is coming right here in this room. And uh, if, you're, if you're wooing and, and yee-hawing, it's because you've been there before and you don't wanna miss it again. Uh, if you don't know what World Mandate is, just trust us and come, okay? If you don't have a good time, I will, I will refund your ticket and pay you double what you lost for that moment, okay? Seriously, uh, World Mandate is a yearly gathering point for the Antioch family to simply come together and refix our eyes on the mission of Jesus in our world. This does not necessarily mean you're saying, I wanna go you know, overseas, I wanna be a global missionary. This means we all have a part to play and God is releasing each of us into different realms to play that part. The theme for World Mandate this year is those who dream, okay? So we believe that we're living in a time where in this partnership with God and in, in restoring the planet through his sons and daughters that he is releasing dreams into every heart and that we all want to be, be children of God that are awake and aware of the dream of God for my life, for your life. Amen? Families especially, you've got a month to arrange childcare. There's a kids conference for first through sixth grade led by Garrett Cole and our children's ministry team. It is gonna be an incredible time. So families especially, I, I, I plea, arrange your childcare now. Register today. We've got a big banner out in the foyer. Make sure you're here February 7th and 8th. It is gonna be a moment you do not wanna miss in the history of, of what God is doing in the world. Yes, in College Station, okay? So be here. Um, all right, guys, so man, 2020 is here, y'all. And, uh, and it is good. And um, for, the next, for the next two weeks, um, we, we're just gonna start our semester off um, just kind of resting for a moment. Before we start sprinting, uh, resting in the love of God. This fall, we, um, we had a series of pretty intense storms. We had a pretty intense storm pass through just this past Friday night. And uh, we had a series of intense storms that came through our area with heavy rains and winds and, and all this crazy stuff. My family and I, we moved into a, a new house last summer. It's on a couple acres, a lot of big old oak trees, and there's this creek that kind of runs behind the, the back property line. And um, we came out one morning after one of these intense storms, and it, it, 
it looked like there was just massive canopy of this oak tree that was just kind of laying on the ground. And so me and my boys, I've got three boys, and we throw on our rain boots, and we're like, oh, cool, there's a tree, it's massive tree. Looked like it had fallen over. And we run out there, and we check it out. And um, we got closer, and the tree actually hadn't been uprooted, but the upper canopy where it kind of split, under the tension of the winds, half of the upper canopy just split off and came crashing to the ground. But the tree was still just, uh, just unshaken, just rooted, almost like defiant. The rest of this oak tree was like rooted there, almost like he was saying, hey, you can throw storms at me. You can beat and batter me. You can even rip off one of my limbs, but I will not be shaken. I will not be uprooted, and I will not be moved. I have roots that go deeper than you can see, because I am established in good soil by living water. And you just wait a few months and see what kind of fruit I produce in my season when springtime rolls around. You may have pruned me, Storm, but that's only going to make what is left of me, even more fruitful. Amen? And I feel like this tree is just a, is a picture for us as we move out officially, as we turn the chapter from 2019, which for many of us was a year of storms and pruning, and we officially today, we turn the page into 2020, confidently knowing that there are fruitful days ahead if we will just stay rooted Stay rooted in good soil by streams of living water, amen? There's a ton of vision coming. Actually, this afternoon at four o'clock, we wanna invite you, we're having a 2020 vision rally. You are, everyone is more than welcome to come. It's right here in this room. It's gonna be a party. It's just one hour from four to 5 p.m. We do have childcare for zero through three. And there's a ton of vision coming. But before we get off to the races, we wanna just rest for a moment in the love of God. We need to make sure, church, that we're deeply rooted in the love of God and specifically in the beauty of the gospel. So we're gonna talk about the gospel this morning. We're gonna talk about our hearts. We're gonna talk about the good news. And I hope you didn't just check out because you um, think that you're so enamored with the gospel already that you don't need any more because you need some more. I can tell you, looking around, this is not an indictment, but when the angels appeared to the shepherds, we just celebrated Christmas, right? You remember what they said? They said, I bring you good news of great joy, okay? And honestly, looking around here on some Sunday morning, sometimes worshiping, I don't always see great joy on all of your faces. So if the good news was of great joy and we don't have great joy, maybe it's that we don't really understand the good news, okay? So we need the gospel, guys. We need a fresh revelation of the good news of Jesus because the world is dying to see authentically joyful people that are alive in this good news of Jesus. Amen? And according to John 15, verse 8 and 10, if we could get it here on the screen, our only hope of bearing fruit and proving to be his disciples is by abiding in this love of God. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Guys, we're gonna start off this year here, before we head off to the races with vision, just abiding in the love of God. Are y'all okay with that? Okay, abiding in this good news, okay? So check this out. <clears throat> I, wanna talk, I wanna talk about our hearts, all right? 
I want to talk about your heart, my heart. I want to do a little theology, a little biblical theology of the heart. You guys cool with that? So check this out. Um, from the beginning, Genesis 1, we won't go there. Most of you are familiar with the story. Okay, it, it says that this good and all-powerful creator formed the world, the universe, by the words of his mouth. And then he came to you and me, and he scooped up some dust of the earth. Yes, you might think that you're all fit and you're amazing, that you are actually dirt from the ground that has been beautifully crafted by an amazing creator, okay? Uh, dust of the earth, he then breathes breath into us, makes us living creatures, okay? And then he stands back like most artists do after finishing a masterpiece, and he stands back, and it says that he said that you were very good. You were very good. Your heart was very good in Genesis 1. But we know that not too long after that, our fall into sin broke the human heart beyond repair. And so the message of the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament revelation of our hearts now before Jesus, so after the fall before Jesus, Jeremiah 17, 9, check out this theology of your heart before Jesus. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's actually encouraging to me, okay? Because my heart, I've spent a lot of years like wondering what was so wrong with me. And Jeremiah 17, 9 just told me, right? See, so guys, the futility of the world around us, right, is that everyone knows that something is wrong. But without the truth of the word of God, our eyes are blind to the fact that we are what is wrong. Are you with me, okay? So our hearts are the problem, according to Jeremiah 17, 9. They are, again, this is before Jesus. Don't, I'm not, just stay with me. Before Jesus, our hearts, my heart, your heart, desperately sick. Without a proper diagnosis and a heart specialist telling you that you need a transplant to survive, then the world runs around trying to rehabilitate an incurably sick heart. And they primarily do this, we primarily do this through three avenues. There's a bunch, I'm just gonna hit on three, okay? Three ways that we, the world, tries to rehabilitate an incurably sick heart. The first is through self-help, okay? I need a new diet. I need a new counselor. I need a new hobby. I need a new spouse. I need a New Year's resolution. I need something new to help my sick heart. What is, something's wrong in my life. I know I need something new to help me. If self-help doesn't work, this one's actually even worse. It's even grosser. We turn to religion, Okay, I need a bunch of rules and regulations to go around my bad heart and help steer my bad heart to something nicer. But how many know you can put a criminal in a jail cell and he won't hurt anyone for a while? But if he doesn't get a new heart while he's in there, it's just a matter of time before he breaks out and hurts somebody again. Self-help. Religion, 
The third is medication. I'm not talking about prescription medication, although sometimes that falls into this category. I'm talking about anything other than God that we use to medicate the symptoms of our sick heart, okay? Substances, relationships, hobbies, careers. Our hearts are desperately sick. We know something's wrong, and the world is running around trying to find a solution, and it is so sad, and it is heartbreaking. The mess that we get into, the further problems that we create when we turn to self-help or religion or to medication to deal with this deep, broken heart problem. This is why in Isaiah 61, one through three, when it is prophesied that the one day a Messiah would come, a Savior, and the declaration was that the Spirit of the Lord God would be upon him because the Lord had anointed this one to bring good news to the poor, and he was sent to bind up the brokenhearted. The gospel has to be good news, y'all. It has to be good news. It is good news. It speaks a better word than self-help. Jesus, the good news of the gospel, whatever that is, we're going to get there, okay? But there's great joy in this good news. So if you don't have great joy, then you don't understand the gospel very much. I don't understand the gospel. If I'm walking away around all dreary-eyed and discouraged, then I'm not understanding the good news that day. It speaks a better word where self-help fails. Guys, where legalism and religion fails, where medication fails, the gospel has to offer something more. It has to speak a better word and praise God that it does, y'all. It offers a heart transplant. This is the good news. If nobody's ever shared this gospel with you, I want to tell you about the new covenant. This is the theology of the New Testament. This is what Jesus came to inaugurate. It's called the new covenant. Can we talk about the new covenant for a minute? It is the answer to our sick hearts, okay? The new covenant. So if there's a new one, there had to be an old one, right? Okay, so... If you haven't heard, been around church for very long, or if you haven't st gotten into studying the Bible yet, that is okay. I'm gonna give you a quick crash course on the Old Covenant because we need to understand that Jesus replaced something. Like he brought something better. It was speaking a better word. A better word than what? It was speaking a better word than this, this Old Covenant. We need to understand that he replaced something. So, God, in history, in the Old Testament, covenanted himself to a people called the Israelites. He made a special relationship with them. And he said, I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people, and we're going to walk together and show the earth my glory. Okay? That was the story of the Old Testament. He covenanted himself to this people group. But because of sin, because, because people by nature had sick hearts, and God by nature is holy, there had to be um, a mechanism through which they related to God as sick-hearted people and holy God. Are you with me? And so God gave them the old covenant, 
through Moses, okay? And basically, it was a system that would allow them to atone for, to receive forgiveness or covering for their guilt so that they could re, re-access communion with God, right? And so they primarily did this through animal sacrifices. So they would lay their hands on an, on an animal, transfer their sin, the animal would die, and it temporarily would take away their guilt, and they'd be able to have communion with God, okay? And that was the primary mechanism that this group of people, the Israelites, had relationship with God through the Old Covenant. Here's the problem. There were three major shortcomings of the Old Covenant, okay? Is this interesting, or am I boring y'all? Y'all, we need to understand this, because Jesus brought something new, okay? So check it out. Three problems with the Old Covenant. Repeated animal sacrifices could temporarily remove our guilt, temporarily, and restore fellowship with God, but it was impossible for these sacrifices to fully and completely secure forgiveness and fellowship once and for all, which is what Jesus came to do. Read the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus coming and replacing this old system with his blood speaking a better word. So that was the first problem. The animals would never make a lasting atonement for a human. The second problem, the old covenant and the laws provided so much clarity for what was pleasing to God and what was not. I mean, there was like 660-something laws and rules about, hey, this if you do this, God's going to be happy. This is holy. This is right. This is not good, okay? And it gave so much clarity for what pleased God and what did not please God. But here's the problem. It, it provided zero empowerment for a sick heart to actually obey for the long haul. Okay, so this is why even our Old Testament heroes, the best guys in the Old Testament, most of them had major moral failings and ended their lives terribly, okay? Guys, that is not a model for us, okay? So if you think, hey, David was a man after God's heart, but he had a major affair, so I guess I'm cool. Guys, David had different hardware than us, man. He was living under a different covenant. His heart, he did the best he could in relationship with God through the old way, but Jesus brought something better. We don't model those guys, y'all. We're living under something better. And then thirdly, the old covenant was never intended to last forever. It was always intended to establish a precedence for the sacrifice of Jesus, the perfect lamb that would come and take away sins once and for all. It was established to teach humanity about the atonement of sin and the grace of a holy God to still welcome us into relationship through the blood of a sacrifice, but it was always temporary until Jesus came. So you want to know what the new one is? Y'all turn to Jeremiah 31, okay? We're going to look at two passages in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36. And guys, this is such good news. Praise God for the new covenant. This is such good news. I believe that when we were worshiping, I felt like I saw a picture of 
this morning, we, one of the main things we just were praying as a, our leadership team and our volunteers, we come at 9.30. If you ever want to join us, we come at 9.30, or I guess 8.30. We come at 8.30, and we pray in here, and we just kind of connect. We say, God, what are you saying today? What are you doing today? And one of the things we felt like he was doing is reviving our hearts. Kaylin shared that word. And so as we're worshiping this morning, I felt like I saw a picture of a doctor. You know when a patient's kind of coded and their heart goes and then they, oh, you know, and they grab the crash cart or whatever it's called, and they, they come over, and they, they grab the shock panels, and they're like, clear, boom, and they, there's like a shocking that like brings people back to life. Guys, I feel like that's what God wants to do in our hearts this morning. He wants to revive our hearts back to life through the good news of the new covenant, guys. We gotta understand this gospel. We've gotta understand this gospel, and, and guys, we gotta look like a people that understands this gospel, because the world is dying with self-help, religion, and medication, and we have the best news in all of history. We've got to understand it, okay? So check it out, Jeremiah 31. I might explode up here this morning, y'all. <laughs> I am fired up because this is such good news for me, y'all, because my heart before Jesus, I was not a good person. I was you know, all my teachers, oh, Chris, he's such a nice guy. That's just because you can't see what's really in here, man. I am selfish. I am all about me. I am prideful, and I only care about you. This is before Jesus, to the extent that you can help medicate me. I was not a good person, and neither were you. And neither are still some of you if you have not encountered the new covenant. I don't care how much religion we put a jail cell around you. You're not good without this. Okay, let's read it. Jeremiah 31. This is the best news in the world. 31, 31. Remember that. 31, 31. Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. Praise God. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, by the way, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Go to Ezekiel. Listen to how Ezekiel elaborates on this in chapter 36, verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. Thank you, Jesus. And from all of your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The new covenant offers a heart transplant 
for our desperately sick hearts. I mean, guys, how, how brutal would it be if you had an incurable congenital heart condition and there was no hope for your sick heart ever getting better and you went to a world-renowned cardiologist and he said, okay, I just want you to change your diet a little bit and um, yeah, I think you probably need to you know, start, uh, you know, follow a few more rules, right? And, and just kind of uh, hopefully, you know, live out the rest of your days in a, in a little bit of peace before your incurably sick heart kills you. That would be brutal. We know that a world-renowned cardiologist, if you came to him with con congenital heart failure, he would put you on a transplant list and he would say, there's no hope for you, man. We gotta find a new heart. Guys, do you know that that's the gospel? Okay, that is the gospel. There's no hope for you, man. We gotta put you on the list. We gotta put you on the list, dude, and it's a long wait, man. You better go ask a family member. Well, no, that can't really work. It's not like your liver where you can give one away, all right? You only got one heart. So we gotta find a donor, y'all. Praise God for the new covenant, guys. The good news is that where self-help, religion, and medication fails, surrender always works. Receive the free gift of a new heart from Jesus purchased on the cross. Guys, this is a supernatural work of God called salvation, called being born again, not self-help, not come to church and check the box and follow the rules, called die with Jesus on the cross and get resurrected with his heart inside of you. He did not die for no reason, y'all. Our hearts are so incurably sick without him. Why do you think he came and had to live this holy, sinful, pure-hearted life? Because we needed a donor. You seeing this? We needed a heart transplant. So he, God, I would venture to say, he had to come as a man to provide a heart that could, we could swap with. There was no other way. There was no other way. This is the gospel. It is the most loving thing that God could have done. He loves us, guys. God so loved the world. This is the most loving thing that he could have done to set you and me free from all the self-help and religion and all the stuff and to literally cut out my heart of stone and do a supernatural miracle inside of me and give me a heart. Guys, I was not a good person. There was nothing in me that truly wanted to honor and obey and follow God until I surrendered to Jesus in a moment and I said, I've gotta take you up on this offer for a new heart because I'm so, so desperately helpless without you. And in that moment of surrender and, and receiving Jesus, something supernatural happened inside of me. It's the only way I can explain. Guys, I'm not perfect, and I'm still on my journey, but something inside of me actually wants to please God now, actually wants to know him and honor him, and it's not about rules or religion or checking the boxes. Something came alive in me. This is the good news. This is the good news. It's the most loving thing that Jesus could have done. Galatians 2.20 says that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives, where? In me. 
Did you notice the language in Jeremiah and Ezekiel? I will put a spirit within them. I will take out your heart of stone and put a new heart within you. Guys, it's got to happen in here. He said, Jesus says, I, I, I live now by faith in the Son of God who loved me. He gave himself up for me. This is the good news. Guys, this is the love of God. We've got to start here and we've got to live here. This is the love of God. I want you to say, new covenant, new, covenant. new, heart. new heart. Praise God for the new covenant. New covenant, new heart. Praise God for the new covenant. Y'all, some of you guys, I do not say this jokingly, some of you guys have never heard this gospel. And you've been striving through religion to be a better person your whole life. And today is the day where you come forward in a moment. This is what communion is about, by the way. When we celebrate communion, we, Jesus lifted up the cup. He said, this is the blood of my covenant. I am making a new covenant with you, Jesus says. My blood, every covenant is ratified by blood. My blood is going to be shed on the cross, and it is going to release a new covenant for you to walk in. And so as you take this, some of you guys are going to take communion this morning, and you are going to receive Jesus into your heart for the first time. And you are going to get set free from self-help and from religion and from whatever you're doing to medicate your broken, sick heart. And you're going to have a supernatural rebirth because of the blood of Jesus. John 1 says this about Jesus. It is so simple, y'all. Don't get all tripped up because I'm saying the word covenant, okay? The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But check it out. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, it's that simple. He gave the right to become children of God. We live in this crazy world. Hey, we're all God's children. Actually, that's not the theology of the New Testament. The theology of the New Testament is that when we followed Satan into rebellion against God, that we actually became, Ephesians 2, look it up. Don't, I mean, take my word for it, but go check it for yourself. We became children of wrath, y'all. Sons of disobedience. You are not a child of God until you receive Jesus. And then you, put the verse back up there, please, uh, verse 13. Then when you receive Jesus, sorry, verse 12, my bad. You receive Jesus, he gives you the right to become a child of God. Born again, y'all. So say new covenant, new, covenant. new, heart, new heart, new father. New because you become a child of God when you receive the blood, when you receive his broken body, when you receive Jesus, you become a child of God which means you're no longer a son of disobedience being hammered by the father of lies. You're now adopted into a family with a new father. And so I want to close this morning by talking to you about this new father because, guys, as a daddy of four, soon to be five, I look around here sometimes on a Sunday morning. I just have to be honest. A lot of y'all have no idea how much your father loves you. You have no idea. I'm sorry, or, or else you wouldn't stand here and worship like this for 20 minutes. 
Y'all, I'm just being honest because I love you and because God loves you. And you have a father that's crazy about you. You've been pulled in by the blood of Jesus. What else can he do but love you? He already died for all of your junk, man. What else can he do but be crazy about you? We gotta know this father, y'all. We gotta be rooted here. There is no hope for us to be fruitful, oaks of righteousness kind of people if we don't understand the father who's loved us. Y'all, we gotta wake up. Guys, we've got to wake up to this. This is what breaks the back of religion. It breaks the back of self-help. It breaks the back of everything that you're trying to make your life feel better. It's the love of a father. It is who he is. When we receive the new covenant of Jesus through his blood, we're adopted by a new father into a new family. There's three things you got to know about this father. There's a thousand things you got to go know about this father, but we only have a few minutes left. I'm giving you three. He is good. He is love. And he is pleased with you because of Jesus. I have four kids, like I said, soon to be five. The primary experience of a child in my household, I am not a perfect father like him, but the primary experience of a child in my household is that their daddy is good. He's crazy about me, almost annoyingly in love with me. He tells me it's so much, he won't stop snuggling me, and he unconditionally believes in my goodness and potential. Do you know why my kids know that I love them? Two reasons because I tell them that I love them. Guys, has God not told us? Has he not told us that he loves us? The second reason is because when they come close to me, my kids, they encounter my love. If you're not encountering the love of this father, Something is off, guys. Something, either, either you're still in the religious thing and you need to take the cup and the bread and you need to get into the family, okay? Or you're believing something wrong about the Father. And for a lot of us that have taken the cup and we've been pulled into this new covenant, incredible good news, I think most of us, it's the latter. Guys, He is good, He is love. And he is pleased with us in Jesus. It's who he is. These are three fundamental revelations of sonship that Jesus brought. Without believing them, listen to me here. We're, we're about to land this thing. Without believing them, you will live and act like an orphan. Even though you've been adopted into the most radically good family by the most radically good father, you will live and act like an orphan if you do not believe that he is good, that he actually loves you, and that he is pleased with you because of Jesus. You will live and act like an orphan. Guys, and I get it. It took me, it is taking me years to untangle my messed up view of a good father because of my own life and my own history. And I know some of you guys have stories that are far worse than mine, but I have to tell you this morning, 
God is not like your father. Some of you guys had great dads. I'm sure some of you guys had amazing dads. But for a lot of us, for many of you, you need to hear, God is not like your father. He is so good. And because our relationship with him is by faith, right? We cannot see because we interact with him on the basis of faith. Our interaction with him is completely based upon what we believe about him. Our experience of him is almost 100% determined by what we believe about him. So if you are not encountering the goodness of God on a regular basis, it might be because you don't really believe that he's good. If you're not encountering the love of God on a regular basis, it might be because you don't really believe that he loves you. If you are not encountering his acceptance, his pleasure in you as his daughter, in you as his son, it might be that you don't believe that he's pleased in you. The normal experience of a child in my household is the love, goodness, and delight of their father. Guys, that is 99% of my kids' experience in my home. They can choose to go their own way primarily by ignoring my voice. They can rebel and walk away from me. And when they do, because I'm a good father and I want to restore them to relationship with me, I follow them into their rebellion and I lovingly correct them. I discipline them and I pull them back close to me. And guys, how many, go, how many know this discipline is for a moment? It is a moment, and it brings them back. And this is biblical. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, His anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor for a... Guys, your primary experience of your relationship with God should be his favor, should be his love, should be his goodness. That should be your lifetime primary experience. There's going to be moments where you go this way and he's going to come in a moment. He's going to discipline and correct you, okay? And if you just will turn, then you will be right back in favor zone, okay? In his love, the experience of his love. Or you can be like the prodigal son that hardened his heart so much that he ran off and ended up living in a pigsty when his inheritance was the estate of his father. But how many you know the prodigal son Still a son. A son living far away from the love, goodness, and approval of his father. But his father, man, it was there. It never, the flow of his father's love never stopped. It was simply his experience of it because he hardened his heart and ran away. Some of y'all need to come home. So stand up. Are we okay, y'all? <laughs> guys, this is such good news, guys. This is the best thing in the world. This is the new covenant. This is our Father, okay? So can we get some prayer folks up here, our life group leaders, prayer team? We've got communion set up here. I'll tell you why in a second. We're gonna go here for about the next seven, eight minutes, guys, because God is 
The word of God is moving, and it's time for us to step in. We activate the word of God through faith, y'all. Some of us, we gotta respond to what God is doing and saying right now. So we got some prayer team up here. Um, Try to leave the communion tables clear. There's two communion tables at the end of these each side aisles. So guys, we talked about the orphan man. I I can't go there right now. Here's how we're gonna respond, y'all, okay? God, God is so good. He's such a good father. He shed the blood of Jesus to pull us in. New covenant, new heart, new father. We're gonna go next week. We're gonna build off of this. We're gonna talk about now that that through the new covenant, we got a new heart, we got a new father. We've been pulled into a new family. What does it look like to live in this new family with a good father? What's it look like to have new freedom because this is the normal now in this new covenant heart? it's, It's freedom is the norm. Guys, but there's a few responses, guys. We got a root here in the love of God. Number one, some of y'all have tried self-help, religion, and medication, but you've never received the free gift of the new heart through the new covenant. If that's you, it's time to receive Jesus into your life today and get saved from all this other junk that ain't working. So if that's you, I wanna encourage you right now. Actually, can we just close our eyes? I wanna take a moment here If you're saying, that is me, I've tried all the other stuff, I've never actually gotten a new heart. I didn't know that's the good news. That's the best thing I've ever heard. If you want to receive Jesus into your heart today and receive this new heart through the new covenant with every eye closed, just between you and God, this is a stake in the ground day for you, I just want you to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. Say yes, just just right now, raise your hand and say, Jesus, I surrender my sick heart to you and I receive a new heart today through the blood of your son. I receive, raise your hand, just put your hand up there. You're saying today is the day where I forsake my old efforts and I get a new heart through the blood of Jesus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least nine or 10. Okay, so if that is you, if that is you, I asked God for 25 today, so either the other 15 are in the next service or some of y'all didn't raise your hand, okay? But this is the best news in the world. So if that's you, I'm serious. Y'all 10 people that just raised your hand, right now, I wanna invite you to just come up here and take communion, okay? This is, the, it's simple. It's a little cup of grape juice that, that symbolizes his blood and it's cracker, which symbolizes that his body was broken. And all you're doing is saying, I receive this new covenant. I receive the blood of Jesus. So go ahead. If you had your hand up, I just want to invite you to start walking forward. I want you all to be the first at these tables because these tables are about to be packed. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Right here. Receive the new covenant. It's the blood. Hey, after, after after you take communion, stay and pray with one of these guys, okay? Stay and pray. Introduce yourself to one of these prayer leaders. And, and pray with them, okay? Okay, praise God. This is the best news in the world, y'all. Your life is gonna get, in some ways, a lot harder, okay? <laughs> but in a lot of ways, a lot easier, guys, because now you got new hardware. You got the heart of God. You have the Spirit of God inside of you, man. Number two, some of you guys, some of us, we've genuinely done this before. We've been born again through the new covenant, but somewhere along the way, we stopped listening and we hardened our hearts like the prodigal son. You're a child, you're a son. 
but you stopped listening in a hardness. You got a new heart, okay? But then you went back and, and lived the old lifestyle. And so your new heart is starting to feel hardened like your old one, and you're like, well, did I, was I ever saved? I, I believe some of you genuinely, you, you have it, but you stop listening to him in some way. God's gonna empower you to start hearing his voice again today, okay? But prodigals, if you're here, you gotta come home. You gotta repent. You gotta repent for running away from a good father, okay? So I wanna, I wanna invite you. I'm not gonna call you out because I understand you're prodigal. Don't make me run forward. But hey, some of y'all need to. Some of y'all, it's gonna change your life if you get in these aisles and you run down these aisles right now. It's gonna change your life. If you say, I'm done, run away from God, it's my morning to run toward him. I wanna invite prodigals, I wanna invite you to renew your covenant with God through communion today because it's still the blood of Jesus that saves you every time, all right? Lastly, guys, many of us, we've been adopted by the most amazing father in all of creation, yet we're still living like orphans off at a distance man we doubt his love we doubt his goodness we continually feel like we're not good enough or we're not truly wanted we live under this sense of inadequacy or shame he could never really love me like this guy's talking about could he could never really love me like this guy is crazy about his four little kids could he is he really that good could he be different than my father could he actually be pleased with me today even though I'm imperfect and I struggled yesterday? Could he actually be this good? Yes, he is this good, y'all. Some of y'all need to come and encounter the love of the Father today. Get some prayer. We're gonna worship. We're gonna worship and we're gonna encounter. Remember I said my kids, I tell them I love them, but they come near me and they encounter my love. We gotta encounter the Father together, y'all. Lord Jesus, we celebrate you. You're so good. We thank you that you have not left us as orphans. You've not left us under useless systems of self-help, religion, and medication, but you came to reveal a good father. Father God, I'm asking that you would that there would be a reviving. Think about the shock panels again. You would put those shock panels on our hearts and revive us this morning in the love of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen.